All right, here we go. Welcome to the Woodward's Filmcast with Mitch Abba and Colin Ward. Let's go and make the greatest movie ever! Yeah! All right, hammer! What the hell is going on? What a piece of junk! That's really not the case here. This is a great script. Look, here's the mic. Now you talk towards it. Here's your host, Kale Davidoff. Well, guess who's back? Hi, guys. Hello, everyone. It's been a week. We took a week off last week uh, from the Woodward's Filmcast. My name is Kale Davidoff. I'm here as I am every week, supposedly, with my friends. Me, Mitch Haba. And him. Colin Ward. This is the Woodward's Filmcast, your uh, Detroit podcast for film, TV, news, and discussion. Uh, how are you? What's up, guys? What's new? It's been a week. What's up? Anything going on? Happy Halloween. Happy, oh, happy oh, Halloween, yeah. guys. It's, it's October 29th as we record yes. this show. Yes. Whoa. Yes. What is going on? Not much. Just busy in general. All right. <laughs> That's why we took the week off. Quick, quick, quick. It's, ha- it's Halloween soon. Fairy scary movie. Go. Uh, quick. <laughs> <laughs> Blair Witch. The Shining. Oh, I was going to oh, say The Shining. Come on. Yeah, Everyone, you know what? That's the most basic response <laughs> well, to that good, question. Well, it's good, right? I mean, yeah, what do you want me to say? No, it is my favorite scary movie, too. So we wish all of you guys this weekend a happy Halloween and, and watching of many, many scary movies. Um, guys, every, we do this podcast. We get together every time and we see a, this, a movie and we sit around and we talk about it. Um, this week, we saw two. Uh, in this episode, we'll be talking about the new Netflix movie, Beasts of No Nation. Uh, we also saw Crimson Peak, and we will be talking that on the uh, next episode we're going to record shortly and is being released today at the same time. Um, but before we get into the movie of the week, we uh, like to dig into some movie headlines. Guys, um, as we record this show on October 29th, we are officially 50 days away from the release of Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. Um, we missed it last week. It was the biggest event ever in the history of humankind. Uh, when, <laughs> when, when millions of geeks across the country were forced to sit through football to see the newest <laughs> and latest and last trailer for the new Star Wars movie. A really awful football game. It was, yeah, it was actually the worst. I mean, I'm a fan of both football and <laughs> yeah, Star Wars, and I, I'm not rare in that case, but it was a boring football game. And, of course... Uh, with the Eagles, Chip Kelly kept calling timeouts and shit, and I was just like, <laughs> yeah, "Guys, just come on, keep we waiting. need to get to the Star Wars trailer." But we Mike got- Tarico was like, "Finally, here we are. <laughs> this is why you're all here because nobody cares about." And these Chris assholes. Berman did not even want to show the trailer. He <laughs> yeah. was like, "What is the Star Trek you're bark, talking bark, about?" Bark, 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 bark. <laughs> um, but it, it was released and uh, on Monday Night Football, and it was watched by millions, and of course it was released on the internet not two seconds afterwards. So there was really almost no reason to sit there and watch it through Monday Night Football, but of course, as Star Wars fans and fans of pop culture, we all did that. Guys, um, I've done my fair share of blogging about I the saw. new trailer, um, but I would love to hear from you guys who don't live and breathe by Star Wars as I do. What did you think? Of the latest Star Wars trailer, Colin, you've got some look on your face. Lay it on me. I it lo- I mean, it looked exactly how I was gonna expect it to look. But I was watching it. I'm like, oh, this looks like 
J.J. Abrams Star Trek. Yeah, it does. But yeah, it does. I didn't see that many style lens flares. Yeah, there, I was counting I the lens flares. There is one massive lens flare. A big fucking though. red lens oh, flare. Well, <laughs> but, it's evil. No, but so it looks a little, looks a little trekky to you. It looks very trekky, just in the style of shooting and how he shoots his space vehicles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it, it looks trekky. I mean, the two trekky things for me are, first of all, for some reason, the whites in this movie, like the color white, looks very teal. I don't know why. That's not very Star Wars to me. Like Finn's stormtrooper outfit in particular looks a little. There's a little tint of blue there, and I don't understand I didn't notice, why. I didn't notice. Maybe your um, monitor is messed up. Maybe my monitor is messed up. But I've, I've noticed this in the behind the scenes stuff too that they showed at Comic Con. Huh. But um, that that aside, the other one was the Millennium Falcon going through hyperspace, and they had the music had this little whine in the background that sounded super tracky to me. So I, I got the Trekkie factor yeah. too, a little more than I wanted to, but I'm again, I'm not complaining for more Star Wars. But yeah, but overall, what did you think? I, I mean, mean, it it got me excited for it. I mean, I'm already excited so, for it, of course. But right. So here's yeah. here's what I like to do when new trailers come out is is say, were you are you uh, are you less excited, more excited, or the same amount of excited, Colin, than you were? Same, before? definitely same. 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 Yeah. Mitch, your thoughts on the new Force Awakens trailer? This trailer uh, was, you know, I saw it on TV and. Uh, it gave me chills. I mean, it was nice seeing more stuff. And, you know, I was somebody who was saying, like, I don't know why we need another trailer. Uh, you know, everybody's going to see it anyway. Yeah, 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 <laughs> so right, why right, do we right. need this? But this trailer did such a good job of t- showing us our characters, telling them what they want and where they're from and, like, their backstory with just, like, two lines and then just showing clips and giving, like, a just a basic rundown of exposition it didn't tell us at all what is going to happen. It wasn't a, a trailer that spoiled anything. It showed us what it's going to look like, and I am pumped because seeing the physics of like the X wings flying at not in space looked sweet. Oh yeah, seeing yeah we have not know, seen that in yeah, a Star Wars movie. Right, I mean, see, X wings. Seeing the We've the seen Tie the Fighters game. flying around. Seeing the different worlds they're in. Like there was kind of um, there was. Um, why can't I remember the name? So there's, not Tatooine. There's Jakku, which is <laughs> Jakku, not Tatooine. And, and I <laughs> yeah. think I think I have all but proved. I mean, if you look at the, it's not obviously it just looks like sand, so it could yeah, be yeah. Tatooine. But if you look at an exterior shot of the planet from the original trilogy and an exterior of Jakku, it's very red. It's it's different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tatooine looks more like Mars, and this looks more like just all like the Sahara. Yeah. yeah. Which um, I'm not a, red, you, you but, seem you know. to be upset that it wasn't Tatooine, but I I'm okay with it because you know it's fun to see new worlds. Yeah, and I, I yeah. I mean, I, even I though that. they're they're probably not going to be much different, there's going to be a ton of diff- crazy creatures on all of them. But yeah, that and I think the best part of the trailer, in my opinion, was the last shot of the beginning of that lightsaber battle oh, yeah because right. finn looks, finn looks absolutely terrified yeah, yeah terrified you're not gonna see many like you know like in the prequels dancing around and flipping and doing flips because it looks like someone is gonna die and that i never really felt that in prequel lightsaber battles and i guess yeah i mean i i did but i do like and it was the same thing that george lucas liked to emphasize in the original trilogy was that you had Luke Skywalker who had no idea what he was doing with a mm-hmm. lightsaber. And that's a little more terrifying than someone like Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon in Episode 1 who are like skilled to the best in the universe at what they do. Yeah. So it is, it's scary. You, you, get the, you get the sense that Finn, like that might be the first time he's picked up a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. So it's it's freaky and terrifying. Yeah. And um, do, do we know if Finn even is has the Force? No, we, do, we don't. And see, you know what? I, the one thing 
I was emphasizing in one of my blog posts was that what's so fascinating to me is honestly, I mean, you can you can read into things in this trailer, but really, we know just about as much as we did when we we as yeah. we do seeing this trailer as we did the one that came out last Thanksgiving. I mean, mm. really, nothing has been said. We have we, no idea. You can, I mean, yeah. there's certain lines of dialogue, but literally, I mean. You get what? Who, who is who is Ray? Well, according to her, she's no one. Yeah. Who is Finn? A stormtrooper. We knew that. Who has nothing to fight for? Right. Yeah. yeah. We are. We knew that. And yeah. then who is Poe Dameron? Ren. Is like we, we still don't know. Kylo Ren. He's a bad guy. He's a bad guy who likes Darth <laughs> Vader. <laughs> yeah. Surprise. I mean, you know, <laughs> surprise, we, surprise. we figured that might be the case. So, I'm just I'm very proud of them for. Because, like, you know, we all get it. The movie's going to sell itself anyways. And quite literally, it already has. I mean, they've made millions and millions of dollars already. The movie doesn't come out in December. Yeah. I am guilty of 10 of those tickets. I bought some. Um, the bitch bought some. So um, they're just doing a fantastic marketing job. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, the movie might suck still, but the, the they're they're doing it. They're doing it very well and getting people to come to this theater. I think you you say it might suck, but I have seen no evidence of it, like, going that way for some reason like, I, nothing I know i see I is know. like oh god Ugh. i know but if you if you go back and watch the episode one trailers if you can put yourself in the position of 1998 you would think the same thing mm-hmm. i mean those trailers are great they're really good and they they're still a little flat looking <laughs> i suppose you know I mean? but but you know i get you I, i'll tell you so the the, the uh, hype is there I, we could do a whole podcast on this so i don't want to go we too probably much will. I, we probably will <laughs> probably will do like five different podcasts on this but i don't want to get too much into it but i'll tell you i'll be honest with you this was the only trailer that through the first time watching it i did not get chills and i kind of sat around and wondered why that was and, and now when i go back and watch it i sometimes i do get chills but um there is a distinct difference between this trailer and the first two trailers in that um, the first trailer appeared to be original John Williams music for this movie. It was it wasn't from other stuff? The, the teaser, or the, the teaser, yeah. The second, the three, four shots. Yeah, yeah. The it? second teaser um, had music from the other movies, so it was obviously John Williams music. The music, although the themes in this trailer were John Williams themes, you could tell it wasn't his music at all. I mean, it really doesn't seem like it at all. That that one note piano thing is not something he would really. You would. I I could be wrong. Yeah, you but could, we did get the. Th- the, the Star Wars. You had the themes, theme but you it. had these you had these very like Avengers esque drum things yeah. going on in the background. And it's... and to my um assum- my assumptions were were uh confirmed because f- this the uh, composer Frederick Lloyd came out and said that he did a lot of the music for the trailer. Okay. It wasn't John Williams. So and honestly it just there's I could tell. It felt off. It felt like Avengers to me more than it felt Star Wars to me. Is John Williams doing the he score? He is doing okay. the score, yes. But this trailer seemed to be specifically tailored um with a different type of music. So I, I mean, I get it. Because you gotta the drums worked for me. I, I understand like you're kind of a purist and you don't want to hear that with those like I mean they did that drum, they did that for know? episode three's last trailer too. They had yeah. like non John Williams music. Mm-hmm. Um and well, it, you know, it works it for trailers. Yeah, it yeah. works for trailers. I mean, it doesn't. The music in the trailer is probably not going to be in the movie. Right. It which might is, be, but hey, whatever. Um, That's pretty. Much I want to say too. I'm glad that they're they're releasing the soundtrack the same day as the movie, which is cool. Um, because I, usually they don't. It's like months before. Yeah. And I would listen to the mu- you know when episode three came out, I knew all the music coming, and it kind of ruined the. I didn't, I didn't ruin, but it. it the damper the impact yeah, of the, the experience for me because the soundtrack yes. is kind of in cr- the chronological order of the movie. The so other you thing, get all the like ups yeah. and downs of it. The, the other thing that they're learning, I think, from the release of the prequels is that I don't know if you guys have ever heard this, but um, spoilers for Episode One here. Uh, that 
trailer or that that score came out like a couple months before or whatever maybe a month before the movie came out and the track listings were on there and it did it say like Qui-Gon's, it said Qui-Gon's funeral <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so, so dumb spoilers <laughs> um okay guys that's an, i mean look so like dumb. like like mitch says we could we could go on and on and on or like i know i could about um star wars and uh this new movie that's coming out and how my life's going to change after December 18th. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, anyways, many of pe- many people in this, in Detroit area will, will no doubt be seeing um, The Force Awakens at midnight on uh, December 17th at the new uh, Imagine Palladium Theater in Birmingham. Yes. Um, many of those people may not be kids, Colin. Yeah. Um, little Detroit area news here. We've been kind of following this story here at Filmcast for a while, but we haven't really said much about it but um there's this new theater in birmingham which birmingham in the detroit area is typically known for being a little bit more bougie a little than, affluent yeah well, than the, well, just a little bit you you drive through birmingham and you think you're driving through europe for yeah just like a split <laughs> right. second. Yeah. yeah um they opened this new imagine theater in birmingham uh palladium it took the old place of the birmingham palladium and it's supposed to be super luxury uh the owner compared it to that of a country club where you can actually buy a $350 membership to the theater, which gives you, I guess, some perks, like a concierge. Yeah, I don't I think it's like a... And know, yeah. Can you they ha- carry me to my seat? Yeah. <laughs> you have early access to a tic- to tickets, so like... I mean, because normal people don't have early access. I don't. You get precedence on but, certain amenities. Can I get somebody theaters. to explain something I don't understand during a movie? Just like whispering. About <laughs> well, here's where you might want to be careful, guy. not talking not in a movie. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because during the opening weekend of this theater, this was maybe a month ago now, uh, these teenagers were talking in a movie. And they were thrown out of the movie, rightfully so, for talking. Mm-hmm. I believe this was like the opening day, maybe? Or opening, like the, weekend. opening weekend. I don't know yeah, if yeah. it was first or second okay. day. But um, that forced the owner to have a ban on all teenagers it's a bit for of, this theater. A bit of a knee-jerk reaction if I've ever heard one. Yeah. A little bit. All teenagers, um, unless they are members of a family that has bought this $350 subscription. So a teenager can come by themselves if their parents have paid for the $350. But if you haven't paid for the $350, no teenager allowed in this theater. Now, is, that, is that at night? Do you know if there's any... Do you know? Nope. All, all times. Really? All times. Can you be... You can go with someone, though. Like, you, you can have, go you, with if your... Pa- if you have like a guardian, guardian. Yes. if you're under 18, yes. you... Yeah, okay. Uh, and then earlier this week, we get a this news that broke out that the Michigan chapter of the ACLU sent a letter to Imagine Theater and its owner, Paul, Paul Glantz, mm-hmm. about um, how this is kind of on bordering unla- unlawful. Yeah. It's discriminatory. It's, 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 it's definitely, it's, it's, definitely it's, it's stages. Teenist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this is just a weird and interesting story that I've, I've personally been eating up because I hate this idea of, you know, trying to elite your yeah, movie make, theater to make it like benefit only like a rich person it's a yeah, movie right, it's right. one time when everyone can come together movies are for everyone guys yeah and watch something and here we are trying to you know monetize mon- well, I mean, movies are monetized uh, right, but, 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 but you know <laughs> the monetize the movie going experience yeah 
Right. I mean, you you bring a, up an interesting point, which is true, and and I'm sure this doesn't really exist because obviously movie theaters are in certain areas all the time, and certain people go to certain movie theaters. But on the whole, I mean, anyone can go to any movie theater, and it it does. You know that when you go see Crimson Peak in the theater, there's every kind of person. If that theater's mm-hmm. full, every kind of person is in yeah. that theater from and that's every what demographic. Makes it fun. And that's what makes no, it does because yeah. it's like, you know, you share in the experience and you 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 see how other people and different kinds of people react to it. Um, I think it's bizarre. I mean, I, I don't understand it at all. I know that, you know, this brings up the whole conversation in my mind. To be honest with you, about whether or not, um, you know. If you're 17, you're not. If you're 16, you're not allowed to see an R-rated movie. Like I, I don't think that that's fair. Um, oh, I know yeah. that when I was 14, I'm, you know, I'm not touting, tooting my own horn here, but I was mature enough to go see Kill Bill. Uh-huh. I mean, it's just kind of obscene yeah. to me. It's always, I think, ageism, and I think we're kind of, we should be getting past that. I mean, everything's accessible on the internet to anyone of any age. So. I agree. One thing but, though. But, one thing though. A movie like. Um, the Green Inferno, which recently was released, Eli Roth's gore fest, um, uh-huh. o- homage to Cannibal Holocaust. Mm. Would you let, you know, fifteen and sixteen year olds into that movie? Like Look, I, I saw a clip from that movie and I felt sick to my stomach. You know, if these like kids of research and know about Green Inferno, some people like... didn't know because it was released <laughs> by Blumhouse Pictures and they usually do or films or whatever, and they usually do like The Conjuring yeah, and yeah, like yeah. just yeah. scary movies. Uh, this was like straight up like like hostile gore. Mm. Um, I, I'm just of the belief that it is a, it is it is not fair to blanket an entire age group of people to say you're not mature. One, enough. you're not mature enough to sit through this movie because of its content, or B, or two, you're not mature enough to sit through this movie <laughs> because because you're 16, you're somehow going to be more obnoxious than others. And now, Colin, <laughs> I've heard you mention, and this is true. I think it was you uh, that. You know, some of these theaters, imagine specifically, they sell alcohol, mm-hmm. and it's not uncommon to have someone who's over the age of 21 to be obnoxious in a movie theater because they've had a few. Yeah, or just adults who come to, like, 11 p.m. shows with their, like, toddler yeah. at, uh, during a weekday yeah. and then talk on the phone during it, like happened to me when I was watching Dope. Yeah, so I've had parents bring crying babies into theaters, yeah. and I've I used to work at a movie theater that, you know, has notoriously has an older crowd come to it because they show those these types of independent movies and the amount of old people i mean this is another i mean i'm not this is your reverse ages reverse ages i'm here (laughs) but but the amount of like times i've had i've heard older people talking it's so i mean this isn't just an age problem it's Mm -hmm. I don't look, my talk- grandfather's the worst offender of this. Yeah. I mean, he, he, you know, he's the he is the guy in the movie theater who goes, "What did you just say?" Yeah, <laughs> like really loud. And, and like they, yeah, <laughs> I would, I would say, yeah, the senior citizens. That's what they're guilty of is asking what's going on. Teenagers though can be very obnoxious. Like they sometimes don't even watch the movie. Like they're just fucking around the whole time, throwing shit. That I've been obviously there, but... throw them out. I get it. Totally get throwing them but out. Don't but don't make a blanket. Yeah. yeah, it's like, it is, you know, it, it's equivalent to like, you know, banning one group of people because uh, one person spoiled it for everyone. And now everybody who's mm-hmm. good, you're blanketing all teenagers as being, you know, dumbasses. Right. When yeah. there are, like, I wasn't a dumbass. I went to movies and watched movies. I mean, I was a dumbass, but I did go to the movies and watch movies. <laughs> okay, true. Okay, we were all dumbasses. And... I'm still a dumbass. Yeah. To go to I just movie. wasn't a dumbass in the movie theater. 
Well, I think the I think the real issue, like not real issue, but but like a huge problem here is that if your parents have paid this fee, then all of a sudden you're an okay teenager to be accepted. Yeah, here. right. It's and from my experience, it, spoiled kids are the worst. Yeah, <laughs> no shit. Like I'm sure these kids that got thrown out of the theater, like they come from pretty yeah. affluent families. Yeah. yeah, but um. <laughs> I think. Look, the solution to this is to just say, you're, "Look, if you're if you're disturbing our viewing viewership and and being loud yeah. in the movie theater, you'll be getting kicked yeah. out. It doesn't matter yeah. what age, color, sex, whatever you are, you're yeah. getting kicked kicked yeah. out." Alamo Drafthouse rules. I mean, they right on this thing. If you talk, we will kick you out. Like there are ushers in the eye, like in the wings, listening and waiting. That's that's what you know, that's what yeah. needs to be done. I mean, yeah. I would definitely accept a job if someone wanted to pay me minimum wage. Yeah. Oh my god, I would take that job in a second right like, now. Yeah, right. Paul, if you're, Paul if you're listening, yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that. Um, I think maybe we should all just go to that theater at some point, and would you, we should just see what it's all about, anyways. I mean, you know, get. Yeah, we could. I'd like to say that the Colin can say these things about Birmingham too, as a Birmingham resident. Yeah, I do live there. I, yeah, I, I do. I I've been that. to Birmingham enough to know it's crappy. No, oh, okay. No, it's great. It's a great city. It's just everyone from Birmingham elite. is perfect. <laughs> it's just very elitist. Someone from gosh, someone yes, from Birmingham's gonna listen to this and call us and sue us for. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna sue us. Copy infringement of the. You are here all because you're from Birmingham. Yes. Wait. No. Wait a minute. I can tell you what movie might not be screening at that uh, movie theater when it comes out. Um, Mitch. There's a new reboot out oh there. Oh my god, you guys don't even know. You you don't know the reboot that you've all been waiting for. You didn't know you wanted this reboot. I did. But this reboot is going to change everything. Yeah, I'm talking I, I about, hope so. This is going to be bigger than The Force Awakens. It's going to be bigger than The Force Awakens. It's going to be bigger than King Kong. It's going to be bigger than... I don't know. It ain't got nothing on... Roadhouse. To be bigger than Roadhouse. Bigger than Roadhouse. Whoa. I'm talking, of course, about the reboot movie of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Go, go, Power Rangers! Go, go, Power Rangers is right. Yes, so... So what can you tell us? What's, what's going on here? So, what's... a movie... It's. I feel like it's all happened in the past two weeks. It's just very quick, like in us blunt force. Just like, oh, oh, what, what's going on? Uh, we don't really have much um, clues on what's going to happen, like if it's going to be an origin story or whatnot, and not really a lot of clues on what it's going to be called. Right no, now, it's or, just Power Rangers. Uh, right. <laughs> and yeah, and I don't want to be too geeky on you, but it might not be Mighty Morphin. Yeah. You know, there's a million kinds That's of Power true. Rangers. That's true. But so I'm used we'll to see. Mighty Morphin. I think Mighty Morphin would be the way to go. I think but, so. Um, this, what you, other info do we I have? Think on there's this a reboot? lot of reboot. There's a lot of potential here to like create to like reboot the franchise and make it a fun family adventure, yeah. you know, action sci-fi type movie. Um, they have announced actors for the Pink Ranger, Red Ranger, Blue Ranger, and Black Ranger, and that's it so far. No Yellow Ranger. <laughs> anyone we know? Anyone we know here? Um. Are you familiar with Are you what? Are you familiar with these people? I don't know. No. I don't are think you, I am. Do you know who Naomi Scott is? I do not. She was in The Martian. Uh we've got Dar Dacre. I have no D A C R E Montgomery as the Red Ranger. 
he was in <laughs> this is going to be a lot of like who, what he was in nothing this is going to be his first big film really good yeah for him. good for him uh as the blue ranger we've got rj siler or kyler never heard I of think him that's the one that i know me earl and the dying girl. yeah yeah yep, he's the uh black guy in he was the earl. Oh, okay. Yes. Cool. And, and he, he was, was good. Yeah, he was great in that. Yeah. Okay, so maybe he'll be the main kind of. And Ludi Lin as the Black Ranger. He's in Marco Polo, the show on okay. Netflix. Um, yeah, a bunch of nobodies, pretty much, uh, besides Earl. <laughs> uh, but we'll see what they do. I, I think it could be good. I, I don't know. There's a lot of nostalgia involved. I think they have the potential to bring in a lot of people who would just like to see a fun adventure movie that has good action, some violence, but also is okay for kids. So like Star Wars. Yeah, basically. or Power Rangers. Are you guys fans of this series? Uh, gee, like where were you younger, younger, growing up? Were you a big fan of it? I Yeah, I recall being a big fan. I had the toys. Um, I can't remember who my favorite was. Oh, I can tell you. I think it was Blue. Tommy. Tommy was the best. Tommy, oh. Yeah. Which we'll see, get to in a see, second. See, that's the thing. I can't even remember names. Like, I can't remember the Dude, I'm a pretty. I'm a pretty big fan. Um, yeah. Colin, are you... you <laughs> did you spill your coffee? No, yeah. my lid came off. Oh. Um, <laughs> the Tommy Blue lid off. <laughs> <laughs> he did let uh, me tell you um <laughs> were you a big fan of i was i was uh i watched the tv show a lot i watched the ivan ooze one i forget the title of it but i had that on vhs and then watched it at least once a week yeah and whenever we would go on family vacations and we drove there my parents would be like Oh, only six more Power Ranger episodes till we get there. Like, <laughs> Power Rangers was my increment of time. Oh, time. Yeah, that's how yeah. like Rugrats was. Yeah, for me. exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I loved Power Rangers. Me <laughs> too. I I I'm I've been waiting for this news for years. Yeah. To be honest with you, um, my friend Antoine, you know Antoine, he's like he knows as much about Power Rangers as I do Star Wars. I mean, he's really? a huge fan. Yeah. Weird. Um. So maybe when we do when that movie comes out or two years oh. from now, or whatever, he's gonna be on Definitely. to discuss it. Yeah. Um. You think- so. Do you think the White Ranger will make an appearance? Well, so the White, so the White Ranger was the Green Ranger who was Tommy. Tommy and Tommy is Jason David Frank. So that's what I I think it's telling that that character is not listed here. Mm. Yeah. Because Jason David Frank is a huge personality on Facebook, and he is a big proponent and and uh, sales spokesperson for everything Power Rangers. I bet he's going to be the Yoda Obi Wan kind of character in this movie, mm. passing what he's learned down to the next generation of Power Rangers. Mm. What I didn't realize, this, Power Rangers is apparently still huge. So popular. Yeah. Oh, there's huge. like yeah, there's 20, oh, yeah. 20 different yeah. seasons. Big of, in different countries. It's, you know. I yeah. had no idea of that yeah. until I, this news came out. And mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Saban, the guy who created this thing, is this is a gold mine. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it's the best formula for like kid-friendly television. Yeah. And, and it was diverse. Like you had a bunch yeah. of different types of people, like female, like women kicking ass and different people races. People of color, people of yeah. different races. Yeah. It's a, yeah. So, uh, hell yeah. So I don't Teamwork. know. So I just want to know because we like to, when we have these reboots on, are we, are we thumbs up or thumbs down in this? I mean, I'm all I'm the gonna way I'm going to thumbs up it. I'm thumbs up for now. I want to know the director. <laughs> yeah. Course. Yeah. That'll help too. <laughs> That's true. I, I think that what they have to realize though, is that there's a certain... If you, even if you look back at the original Power Rangers movie and the Ivan News one and all that stuff, is that there, you have to? It has to be a little less. 
cheesy. It has to be. I agree. It, ha- to it has extent. to. They have to. It doesn't have to be like the, the Chris Nolan version of Power Rangers. Oh, but, I don't want that. Oh, no, I don't want that either. But it has to be a little bit more like. Like a Guardians it, it type serious. Yeah, it can't be camp. You know yeah. what I mean? It needs some camp. It needs some camp. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, they're does. not going to do like camp how they doesn't did. sell like it used to. They're though. not going to do like how they did where guys, you know, it was guys dressed up in costumes fighting in a mini city. I don't think that. that's, that's, be, that's what CG. I mean. That's what I mean. But, but I liked that about the original. Scene. I know, and I, I know. love. But I hope they keep it. Whenever they get like punched or fight or, or you know get hurt, just like for some reason an explosion of sparks comes off of them. Yes. <laughs> just like that, and they go flying <laughs> through the air. I love that too. Yeah, <laughs> that was some of my because well, it's the power part yeah, of the power. Rangers. Right, they're just filled with energy. Yes. Well, great. Well, I cannot wait for. Uh, for that go go power rangers that's the best ringtone you can ever get that too, sounds like kind of now that i hear it kind of sounds like impossible oh yeah they had it this hey guys kale here just wanted to interrupt real quick to remind you that you can now find us on youtube that's right you can go to youtube.com and search world words detroit where we've got clips from the podcast you love, we got bonus content you've never heard, and we've got some really cool videos on there as well. So find us on YouTube. And you know what? Here's a friendly reminder to follow us on Twitter at WordWordsDT, to like us on Facebook, and rate and review us on iTunes as well. Okay, back to the show. Um, Call me, beat me, if you want to reach me. Cool, well that, that does it for... <laughs> that, to us, that does it for... Uh, the big news this week, um, as I said earlier in the show, our main objective here every week is to see a movie and sit around and have a roundtable discussion about it. Um, one of the movies we saw this week, now this is different, it's a little special, and I think it's very interesting, um, that we saw, we watched Beast of No Nation. Now this movie, I believe, was in a few theaters. Um, so it is in, eligible. In, in yes. a day-and-day day release kind of thing, but, but ultimately... You know, the goal here is that it's a Netflix produced movie and it is on Netflix for your viewing if you subscribe to Netflix. It's it's not exactly when you think Netflix produced, you think, oh, they gave money to carry Joe Fukunaga. No, Uh, this is like an independent film that they raised the money and then it was bought. Okay, I didn't realize. I thought Netflix was backing this, but so they just distributing it. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that, but that puts a little uh, bit I different spin. Learned, I just learned that. Yeah, a little different spin on what. Um, but but I think that's telling. I think that that's interesting. I mean, so so just quickly, um, uh, Kerry Fukunaga, the director, uh, is of course I think famous for True Detective season one, where he yeah. directed I believe every episode. And shot it too. He was the director um, yeah. of photography. So. You know, he's no small time at this point, and Ooh. I think it's interesting. It's telling that he, you know, went with a company that would distribute it video on demand rather than go try and go wide release. Um, I don't it, think this movie would do very well. If well, it was so wide really, we, well, we can talk about that. I mean, maybe that's, <laughs> but that's whatever. There's, I think that this movie does well. I think this is the kind of movie you want to watch on video on demand, probably yeah. more than go out of the theater. But we'll talk about that. Um, this movie stars Idris Elba. And then a lot of people I've never seen in a movie ever. Yeah, I think they're um, all locals. Which is interesting. I know Idris Elba was a quote-unquote producer of this movie, probably financed some of it, um, and he's the kind of the big draw as far as the cast goes. Um, you know, simply it's about uh, civil war in Africa and, and, uh, and following the life of a child who is 
whose life is completely changed because of it, and he's kind of thrown into being a soldier on the rebel side of this civil war. Yeah. That's the tale of the tape. Um, let's get into it. Um, Colin, you've been quiet till now. On, on this, on, uh, I, I'm curious to know your <laughs> thoughts on uh, Beast of No Nation. Yeah, this was um, this is an interesting one for me. Uh, I, of course, watched it on Netflix. It was It is playing in a theater here, but I watched it on Netflix. And more specifically, I watched it on my phone. Really? I, See, laying that, in bed. You know, but that is... Uh, <laughs> But, but but Colin, and I know that, that there's no doubt in my mind that that affected the way that you enjoyed or did not enjoy this film. But I think that that's just, you know, this is the future of, of film distribution. Well, I don't, yeah, but it I, was such a pretty movie. I, here's here's my struggle with it. And uh, one, I was, I mean, it was late at night and I don't have a TV in my room and I, I just want to be naked in bed. Right. So. <laughs> I mean, I. Yeah, Guilty. I, I, I did this. So, I mean, I watched it on this laying yeah. here in the dark. I mean. But um, and I'm watching it, and I'm like thinking to myself, "Oh shit!" Like it, it's such a beautiful looking movie that like I really should be seeing this in the theater. Like this would be really great in the theater. Yeah. But the subject matter is so intense, and I, there's definitely some scenes that I do not ever want to watch again. No. Yeah. In this movie. Yeah. So it's gonna be hard for me to see it in a theater. Maybe I'll graduate to my actual TV screen next time I, I watch this movie. But um, this was this movie is challenging. I mean, not only subject matter wise, but I think its tone and its pace and everything is very confident from from the director, and everything is very well thought out. But it it's definitely a challenging watch for an audience member. At least it was it was for me. I, I mean, I watched it straight through, but I mean, it's, there's a lot of emotions I was having. There was a lot of thoughts I was having going on, and I don't even know if I have complete thoughts about it yet. Um, that being said, I liked it, so I'm happy to discuss, and I'm excited yeah. to discuss this further. Yeah. Yeah, Mitch, what were your first thoughts? Um, I really liked it from, you know, overall, I really liked it. Um, I don't think it's a movie I'll ever watch again. It's one of those kinds of movies. Uh like you said, I think if you have a beating heart, you will find this movie very challenging, <laughs> and um, it's rough. Uh, mm-hmm. For like, like I was joking, it's the feel good movie of the year, probably the feel good movie of the decade. <laughs> um, I, That's a joke. You can, yeah, yeah, sarcasm. I was, you know, I was watching it. I was super excited, super happy, right from the start. You know, just felt so much warmth for everything that was going on that I decided halfway through that I needed a big, tall glass of bourbon to get through the rest of it. It was rough. I was close to shutting it off during a certain scene that we will probably talk about. Um, And that came toward the end of the movie. I was like, there's just... I don't know if I can keep doing this. Like, it it really affected me. Like I've said before, the movie that probably affected me the most was The Road when I saw it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for like a weekend, I was depressed. Like, yeah. Just so hopeless. There's some hope in this movie. But... Oh, certainly. <laughs> yeah, at the very there's end, there is hope. I, I appreciate that, I think. But still, what Agu, our main character, goes through, um, and you know that kids in Africa are go through this, this right yeah. now, uh, really, really uh, affected me. And I like I'm getting, you know, shakes in my voice just thinking about it right now. So, uh, yeah. 
That's really all I got to say. Yeah, I think um, I, I agree with everything you guys just said. Um, I think to build on the fact that viewing it on Netflix, in, I did half on my computer and half downstairs on the TV. Um, you know, I think that does kind of, it, it did take away a little bit from, if I had, if I was forced to sit in a theater in a dark room and sit through all of this and hear it the way it probably is supposed to be heard and see it the way it's meant to be seen, I think I would have even had a, a way more affected experience than you did, Mitch. And I, I wonder maybe if there's this sense of like, that is too difficult. It's like not even, it's like a necessarily difficult to experience like that. So watch it on Netflix. You know, maybe that's kind of what they're going for. I don't know. Um, I think what stood out to me in this film was the pacing and um, kind of the objectivity of it all. It, it it's it doesn't it's not shot like a documentary at all. It's not presented like a documentary at all. But the narrative of it, it seems to me is a documentary style in the terms of it's like this is what it is yeah. and this is what happens and there's no like i don't see it it's not a, it's not like a cut and pasted storyline it's just like basically you know the story's almost done right away and then it's just a downward slope of shittiness and shittiness and shittiness and then at the end it's like oh, okay maybe hope yeah so i don't it doesn't really uh i don't know it's not your conventional story and i think that in a way that affected that was like the I, I don't know if I liked that. Maybe I wanted it to be a little more concise. Film-like. I guess. Yeah. My my roommate. I was watching it, and he he watched like the first three and a, three quarter three quarters of it, and then left. Left. Uh, but I, yeah. he was saying he was saying in the beginning he was like, "Is this a documentary?" And I said, "No, but uh, thank God." Or but it, <laughs> yeah, it could right, be. Right, right. It could be. You know. Well, you know, and I think part of that is like you could watch any twenty minutes of this movie and kind of get the same effect as sitting through all of it. Is that not true? You know, in terms of like, in terms of like understanding what it's saying, I guess. Oh yeah. Like I don't. I mean, if you think about Agu, I mean, where what is his his experience doesn't fluctuate that much in terms of like, quote unquote, growth or anything like that. I mean, yeah, I get you. Again, again, it's that that kind of like it's just it's started up up here and just goes down. He loses everything. (laughs) I think it's just about can what happens to you when you are forced to do this stuff and yeah. whether you lose your humanity altogether or you can regain it well, at, that's, at all. That's why I think this ending is so important and so great. Well, um, careful. I don't want to, I'm not going to spoil it. Well, we'll, I, I we'll, we'll this, get into the ending FYI. But, but um, I, I think it's to what the ending was doing. It was, it had, it showed you that we don't something that we don't see in a lot of these types of movies is you know what happens after yeah <laughs> after yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. like he he will always be affected by that but it, it, he's still a kid he's got yeah. his whole life yeah, yeah. Kind of and he has, yeah so he's got to work hard to get out of that which probably will never he'll, you will never <laughs> you will never be able to forget that what he does so um and I think I think part of the ending for me too is just that beautiful shot at the end of it, mm-hmm. which is just the Paradise. whole the whole movie. And he yeah. he was the uh, Carrie was the DP mm-hmm. and and the writer and the writer and the director and, the director <laughs> and probably financier. And it <laughs> it is it is a beautifully shot film. I mean, there's certain there's there's certain shots of 
these ominous shots of Idris Elba throughout where there's like he's mostly in the dark but there's like these certain there's a lot of like blue and orange lights around him a lot especially in indoor and buildings that were like really creepy and scary and then um you know the, my favorite shot of the movie is where they're going through that like kind of religious ceremony or whatever and there's the smoke or whatever that's blowing on the um agu and you just okay. see his silhouette in the smoke i mean it's a beautiful film mm-hmm. even when it's not a beautiful Context, even when you know it's very I mean? like, ugly yeah, yeah i mean it's just it's it's an impression built upon your your mind through the image um any thoughts on the cinematography that really stood out to you anything specific the scene that comes to mind is when he is high or... yeah and you know you see him in this really lush environment because of his perception when he was I, not willingly drugged but he was drugged yeah and then they have to go sack the city and kill these civilians of the city and it's a very beautiful looking sequence because he's high and we get brightly colored leaves and everything just greens and pinks and then we get this slow close-up center of his face center screen and the color fades away and you slowly start to see the horror on agu's face and that was like bone chilling yeah yeah that whole sequence and then that reveal was was i i got getting chills now just thinking Mm. about that yeah i mean there are so many great shots i think a lot of really long shots Mm -hmm. too like really like long tracking shots that's kind of his thing yeah at the end when he's walking through the trenches and it's Mm -hmm. kind of toward the Uh, toward the end and everything's red clay yeah just that Which was, is a theme for the yeah. two movies we're we're, we're going <laughs> to yeah, talk right, about. Right. It's really yeah, weird. Um, yeah, uh, it, that was a shot that really stuck out. It looked really interesting. Yeah, that whole sequence with the trenches and the red clay uh-huh. and water and everything yeah. was like very. That was like it, it reminded me, and I this film has a lot of Apocalypse Now vibes going on with it. I think I don't, personally, uh, Idris Elba has like a Colonel Kurtz yeah. sort of feel yeah. to him, not as like prophetic or whatever as Colonel Kurtz, but um, just that scene where he's walking through the trenches reminded me a lot of the bridge circus scene yeah, in Apocalypse Now. Right, right. Uh, so, yeah, I, a lot of a lot of great sequences, Beaut- like beautifully shot. Um, it's too bad that the subject matter is yeah, so, so difficult. Speaking to of through. which, I mean, you know, this is not like a. I don't. We don't need to be too. Uh, descriptive but like what was the most shocking thing for you in this film it could be a scene it could be i mean the scene where he had to um kill where agu had to kill his first person with the machete i mean that really that that stuck out i that was the scene where like i was like not really i was like (laughs) looking away which i don't do a lot i don't know why yeah and i knew it was gonna happen like i knew and it was weird it was maybe it was Fun fact. Fun fact about that scene: uh, the actor who he kills is was actually the casting director. Oh, really? Yeah, because he couldn't find anybody to fill the role, and like as a like uh, joke punishment, Carrie said, "Well, you're gonna play the role. You're gonna be well, the one who he gets did a, slashed." He did a great yeah, job. Yeah, like, he did a great well, job. Yeah, I was right. like feeling awful for him. Yeah, he was oh, a great actor. Um, so maybe he has a future in acting. Well, casting well. director should be able Usually, to act. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I think you know which scene. Um, I think it's the scene when they are sacking that city and they find the the 
that mother and daughter. That yeah, right. that was awful. Yeah, that was another one. Where that I was, was the like, one where I was close to shutting it off. Yeah, I was, was just like, like I was super like, depressed. Like, oh my god, like it. I, I, there are no words. I cannot, you know, describe it. It's yeah, awful. No, both of those scenes. I mean, those like, covers it for me basically. Yeah. But um, it's just nonstop. It's <laughs> like shittiness and shittiness and we're really doing a good job selling this movie to get people i mean look it's just not it's it's almost like i think it you might even be able to make the argument that it's a little too much yeah it's it's a little too much there's no almost no breathing but that's why i love the ending i mean which we'll get to in a second i guess the other thing i want to talk about too so you know you talk about the shock value sort of so to speak in this movie and then the the cinematography is incredible um what about performances Mm -hmm. oh i mean fantastic yeah i mean what we said i mean idris elba is your draw as an actor to come see it and i mean he's he's great in it but i mean he has less of a role than i thought he was gonna have in this movie which is fine because everyone else in this movie is incredible but the the young guy who played uh agu abraham atta yeah is fantastic um and i'm i'm gonna he has my vote for best performance of the year in my opinion, I, yeah, it's, I, I actually would agree with that. He, he, I believed every oh minute of gosh, his acting. Yeah. You know, he was amazing. Um, and he's, you know, they're all local. Um, they're from Ghana. I don't know what the term for a Ghana is. Yeah, yeah, Ga- yeah, right. I have no idea. Um, usually, I know that stuff. Uh, <laughs> local Ghana uh, actors and just like people. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like they would. I read a lot about this, but they would the casting directors would go to like schools and um, like soccer matches and just like say we're we're casting for a movie. And Abraham thought that they were like recruiters for a football team, so wow, he really? so he like responded and went to the next meeting. And they said like out of you know fifty kids, Abraham he stuck out the most. Mm-hmm. Like he could act, and you know. I think if he decides to, he has a future in acting. Yeah. I mean, he's in every scene, and he might not be speaking in every scene. And Carrie does a great job of always cutting back to him to get his reaction, because we're on the same trek as him, essentially. Mm-hmm. And um, he just does such a great job of conveying all these feelings and their complicated adult feelings in his face that. It's really just really impressive, especially for someone who's never acted before. It's, yeah, you know. You know what got to me the most? I mean, I think even the whole movie was the scene with him and the social worker or whoever that was talking exactly. to him. Exactly. I was just thinking about My that. My God. That, yeah. I mean, it was just, it was actually incredible. He looked like an old man. Like, like yeah. just the, no, the look in his eyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he'd been, like, he aged a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, it's incredible. So, I mean, which... Brings us to this conversation, which I, I really am still not. I guess it's eligible for Oscars, right? Yeah, it is. Because it's been released they, in they theaters. Released in theaters, yeah. Um, released in theaters. You know, do you is is it <coughs> is it possible for Abraham to be somehow involved in the Oscars or no? I don't think at the Oscar level, no. But I mean, he I think he definitely should it. be. He deserves it, yeah. For sure. And if they're if the Whatever the producers and whatnot of this film are smart, they should push really hard mm-hmm. for both Idris Elba and him. Um, and those would be supporting roles because Idris Elba wouldn't call him a yeah, main I wouldn't actor. call him a lead. No, yeah, he's but he's already I, in the maybe supporting I would actor. Call 
Abraham a lead actor. Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course. Yep. But yeah, I was curious about that. Like, what could this film be nominated for? Because um, I don't, I don't know. It seems like a really dark subject. But then again, Twelve Years a Slave mm-hmm. was a really dark subject. But honestly, not as dark as this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I yeah, have no idea. I, I mean, I can see it, and I know it's been you know getting buzz for best picture and definitely Idris Elba for supporting actor cinematography Cinematography should be um, I love to see Abraham get in the best actor race I don't think he will I mean it's just so he has every I mean he should be but he's going up against you know Fassbender DiCaprio who are like seasoned pros at campaigning yeah um, so I I mean I definitely think he's hands down gonna win the critics choice award for best young performance in a movie like hands mm-hmm. down will win yeah. that. Uh, so that's great yeah he might win other awards from mm-hmm. different critic societies yeah and, i think even like you know like which beard awards does oh yeah, uh, yeah. Like which would be young... his best chance of getting into the yeah if he started winning awards there yeah. he probably doesn't even care or know about that mm-hmm. world, yeah which is kind of exciting but god Amazing, yeah, great acting all around. Every like every boy, uh, you know, yeah, even Striker, it's, 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 who yeah. didn't talk. Yep, like the look they share after uh, yeah. Agu gets uh, as as happens. I guess we haven't really said spoilers, but I guess we'll do it. Yeah, now. Spoiler. spoilers. We're getting all spoilers. Yeah, uh, um, after Agu is raped by Idris Elba, which you know, of all the things we don't see, you know, that's the one thing. Uh, the look on Stryka's face when they look at each other, like knowing what has yeah, that just was happened, that, that, that was, was the other really scene powerful, where, yeah. yeah, really powerful. That's um, one scene where I was like, I don't even know if I needed that scene. In terms of, I mean, in terms of because it was too much, or because they didn't even show it, or like what? what do you a mean? little bit of everything. I mean, we've seen so much shit like happen to him. Like we don't really need more shit. And while I was reading up on it, the. A child abuse which is i mean it's extremely like rampant in like actual like africa when this where this stuff is happening yeah. and it also that whole sexual abuse line plays a bigger story in the book the as book. well yeah, was, oh yeah um but then you know they do it they have this little scene in there when then you know they never really address that again i think it's just you know i mean they allude to it early on when mm-hmm. strika is called up and like right when it happened i said to my like to my roommate, I was like, I have a feeling there's going to be some rape. Yeah, <laughs> and like, that is what's happening, and he's like, Yeah, that's definitely but happening. yeah, I, I, I mean, I you're right. I mean, it's it's a weird like you wanted some I don't know, like resolutions, not the word, but you wanted that to come back somehow or to be addressed like verbally somehow for someone to be like, or you wanted some cathartic like revenge or something mm-hmm. i mean I, I was i was expect even if you didn't want that i mean that's a terrible way to put it but yeah. um i expected something like that i mean you, you put a scene like that in a movie so that it's clear that idris elba is the biggest piece of shit on the planet you know what i mean like yeah that's why you put that scene in the movie but then there's no like that's why i say this is like documentary like in the sense that it's not sensationalized at the end of the movie really like i don't think like nothing is mm-hmm. and that's you know you would expect there to be yeah, some it kind feels of, realistic I mean, yeah what you want to happen doesn't happen, and what, or, or what you expect to happen yeah, because expect, it's a movie, you exactly, know. Yeah. yeah, 
Um, which I, let's talk about the ending. I mean, I, for me, the ending. The reason I like it is because there's so many obvious terrible ways to end this movie. Yeah. I guess. And yeah. It, and they and, chose not to yeah, do that, which is like Callum was saying. In so many of other these types of movies, you you see it end differently, mm-hmm. or not as quote unquote optimistic, or as optimistic as you can get in a movie like this. Yeah. Um, so I want to explain. Want to so, build on the ending? Yeah. So, um, general gist is Idris Elba is running a like gang, basically yeah. a gang of young men, and he. It, it's a very interesting like perspective and look into like how a cult is operated i mean they worship this guy he they're brainwashed yeah they're brainwashed completely one way politically yeah exactly he he convinces them all that you know the people they're killing are the ones who killed their family which you know is probably most likely not true and they follow him to you know certain death at times when we find out that this idris alba's character which i don't even remember his name commandant commandant yes commandant um when we find out he's not as powerful and not as important as he has built himself up to be um things start to go south for the the gang um they're running out of food they're running out of they have no mission they're running out of ammo they're running out of things to do and attrition sets in and essentially the second guy in command who's kind of like Idris Elba's sec, you know, first mate basically is just like we're we're leaving. Like everybody, you know, we we're all leaving and they end up just leaving. Yeah. It's like like a, he threatens them. He's like you thing. can't leave. What are you going to do? Do they're going to arrest you and charge you for war crimes, which, you know, there's no proof that they did anything. So and most of the time when they do surrender, they just, you know, like we saw when they do all leave Agu doesn't, which we all think, you know, we all expect Agu to shoot Idris Elba, that's, yeah, that's but he own, doesn't, yeah, yeah. which I liked because it's like, you, know, you don't even he's, deserve he's that. Had, he has enough blood deserve, in his hand. Yeah, yeah, you don't even deserve and that. I'm not going to shoot it, my yeah. new father figure who I've completely lost every respect for, which, you know, I shouldn't right. have had respect for him anyway. But I, I really like that, you know, they're, they're found by UN warrior, you know, UN soldiers told to put their hands up put their guns down and they all do no no problems they're arrested and they're all put into orphan you know orphanages basically try and rehabilitate refugee yeah refugees rehabilitate them and agu and another boy which i don't remember his name wasn't striker because unfortunately uh doesn't make it um he we just get to see like what that's what that rehabilitation is like they're trying to get figure out what he did trying to get him to you know move on and we kind of see it but we also see a deep haunt in his eyes (laughs) like the narration he says something like this woman will never know like what i've been through no matter how much yeah no matter how much she says she understands there's just no way and it ends with you know the kids are playing in the ocean, mm-hmm. um, playing and, ball, yeah, yeah, and and Agu's looking out there and kind of being hesitant, but eventually he goes in and, and he jumps runs in with out. them and yeah. tries to have some sort of child life again. Um, and it, and it's that's the final shot of the movie is the kids playing in a, in a body of water, and I think that that's a powerful way to end and a powerful one like 
you know happy way to end a very terrible movie yeah. um, and story. And I and I, I think that that resonates with me more than it would if like he died and that was the end of the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, or course. if like he went on to be the head of another oh yeah uh, rebel. I wouldn't feel good cultist. at all. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, I wouldn't feel good. But that's like you know that's the obvious yeah. independent movie way to go, yeah. route to go. And Carrie went the other way, which is like, hey, you know. Things, things can get better. Hope. I think yeah. I think Carrie understands people. <laughs> you know? I, I think he does too. <laughs> From um, what I can tell. I just want to yeah. say something real quick about um, Idris Elba's performance too. Sure. It, like you said, it's a lot smaller than uh, they make as it far as content. Be. But it's also was a lot smaller of a performance than what I thought too. You know, you see trailers and ads and he's like, He's the leader of this army, and you think he's gonna have a bunch of big speeches, like, and he does have speeches. Yeah, but they're, they're all bullshit. You know? Yeah, but <laughs> his all brainwashing speeches. The way he portrays it, yeah, is yeah like, it's, it's very bombastic. Like, it's his a lot of his scenes are he doesn't have like a big like dramatic like breakdown scene. He doesn't have like yeah yeah this big evil doer scene. I mean, he does evil stuff, of course, but. It's all very small. He's very quiet in a lot of these scenes. Mm-hmm. Very subtle in his actions. And that is way more scarier than you get this big dramatic acting. Yeah, it's know? not Idi Amin. It's not Stringer Bell. Yeah. It's not... I mean, it's 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 like... That's why, again, that's why it's like this document. It's like re, it's so hyper... It seems realistic. I don't really uh-huh. know if it's realistic. But it, it just... No one's really sensationalizing mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Um and I give a credit to Idris Elba. I, yeah. You know, I thought... It was a, yeah, it was a good performance. I mean, it was, it was great. A lot of other actors' hands and a lot of other directors' hands, too. That could have been just... A way over the top. Way different mm-hmm. performance yeah. than what it turned out to be. Yeah. yeah. It was good. I, uh, I like that you, know, you kind of felt sympathy for him sometimes, which is, like, not <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's weird. When they're all, you know... That's good character When he's building. getting yeah. ignored by the supreme yeah, right, right, ruler or right. whatever. Yeah. That's where the that's where the stringer bell came out a little bit. Yeah, too, where he started getting pissed off. Yeah, that's where it kind of uh, started to fall apart and yeah, for him and right. his crew. Well, yeah. you see, like I you, I got a sense that he, uh, like, actually like hated what he was doing. Really? Yeah. Oh, like he hated like himself, hmm. but it was also like super thirsty for power. But I I mean that's just, I I don't know if that's. I think he just. I think, I, think, well, I think there's so much confliction there in the character because mm-hmm. he thinks he's helping out these kids for sure. Like I think yeah. he thinks he's doing a good thing. Um, no. He, yeah. No. I agree. I mean, I guess everyone who's evil thinks that they're mm-hmm. doing yeah, something right. Course. But yeah. but you know, I mean, he, he. I think when he tells them, "What are you going to do when you go out there? You're just going to get. You're going to be tried for war crimes. You're not going to have any food." You know, he he actually believes that he's helping them. Uh-huh. Um, but at the same time, I don't think he believes in the cause that as much as. You know, I think his his characterization is like we're fighting for something real too. Like, oh, we're not really fighting for anything. Yeah, I just he I just or, or do you think he didn't he believe that to start? He's just an egomaniac. I think he just wants to be in power. Yeah. he wants to rule people. There's no question about overpower that. Overpower yeah. people. I mean, right. that's what better group of people to take advantage of than young bunch boys of kids, who yeah. just had their family murdered. Right. So. <sighs> <laughs> Not a fun movie, but no, no, um, not at all. but you know, and in I don't know. Do we recommend this movie? I think it's something that I. Well, do you have something else to say? Well, this kind of goes into yeah, that yeah. too. Um, I mean, we were just. I think 
really positive about this movie, but also like I think really hard on it for as like brutal and like disturbing it is to watch. That being said, I think this is a movie that a lot of people need to see because gives you an we, idea what's actually going. Yeah, on. like no how, yeah. there's so many. I mean, how many times a day does an average person like think about like these awful things that happen every day in Africa, right. every day, and we we just turn the other cheek over here. I mean, if and it's a shame that this movie bombed so much at the box office. Although it looks like its Netflix views are really high, yeah, like something like which is three million, million, yeah, three million viewers. So, like, I definitely think this is something that people need to see. It's hard to watch, but um, definitely um, needs to be seen. Yeah, I was making the point. Like, the more people see it, maybe you know, art has a very strong uh, hold on people's, you know. Mm. Uh, like the power of the people so if a lot of people see this and people start talking maybe the u.s will finally do something in that region of the world if that is our job i was just thinking watching it like these kids aren't warriors these kids are brainwashed it's like if they ever came in contact with a u.s like just small group of forces they'd be dead in seconds and it's like i feel you it's such a complex situation that you wish that we could do something. Yeah. Um, but I guess, do you guys have anything besides the overall subject matter and how dark and hard it is to watch? Anything against the movie? No, I mean, no. I'm not, like, to be honest with you, too. I mean, if you're asking politically or whatever. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not, not that. No, I mean, well, I mean, like, well, I mean or the wise. way it portrays. I mean, I'm not educated enough on this stuff to make it. I mean, neither am I. It's... But, um, but I, so no, I don't. I mean, like I said, I think the pacing is kind of off. I think it doesn't flow very well as a movie, but I don't think that's its purpose. Yeah. So I don't and think it, it matters. It's not, you know, there isn't an actual, there are no real people or no names of countries or mm-hmm. anything. It's an unnamed African country. The only thing that's real is the UN. That's pretty much the only thing that takes us into our own, uh, into our world. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but I guess the one thing I didn't like about the movie is, and that it's no fault, you know, no fault to them or anything, but it's hard to understand them at times. Uh, I didn't know what they were yeah, saying. That's true. Like I said, I, it wasn't, it took a while to really remember like people's names because they don't really, ref- it's more realistic in that they're not referring to each other's names constantly. Uh, just a lot of his voiceovers was hard to make out. I did like the line that was like, God, why do you, or why do you, what do you say? Why do you shine the sun down on this world or whatever? Why do you shine down on this world? Just a lot of like some lines really stuck out. Yeah. But a lot of stuff was like, what? What are they talking about? Right. What did he say? Yeah. And which is to me is just that's a fact of like any like, you know, this always comes to mind for me. Have you guys seen Layer Cake? Mm-mm. No, um, I haven't. That's an all like English, you know, British movie, yeah, and yeah. I, I, the first time I watched it, I had no idea what anyone said. <laughs> I had to go back and watch it with subtitles. Yeah. So like any movie with an accent that's in English, I, I always have a tough time listening yeah, to. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Great film. Great film. Yeah. I, I recommend it for people who are interested in film, people who like challenging movies. I would not recommend this to, um 
sensitive people <laughs> yeah <laughs> at and, all <laughs> and i would just recommend this on the basis of like if you have if you're paying for a netflix account you know that oh yeah watch this sure. movie support them because yeah. i think more of this is good if, yeah, they, yeah. if they see people are watching their films they're gonna go the route of hbo and make really good films you know mm -hmm. and not just tv shows that they've already done okay. and again netflix didn't make this quote-unquote but they for them as a it. for them as a yeah. distributor this is a good thing yeah, yeah. um on, the, on that note, we end every show with Netflix recommendations. Obviously, we recommend this movie, but um, we also like to uh, tell you guys what we're watching and you know, give you something to watch. Colin, what are you recommending for this episode? For this episode, uh, as I've been, I've been trying to recommend horror movies or scary movies or thrillers. Uh, on HBO, Rocky Horror Picture Show Ooh. is oh, yeah, on I saw HBO. That, yeah. um, so Which they're uh, they're like. Remaking, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. For yeah. Five. Well, it's as I was driving up here to record, NPR was doing a piece on Rocky Horror. I'm like, I'm recommending that tonight. Nice. And yeah, Laverne Cox was just cast as um, uh, yeah, Doctor uh, uh, what's Frankenford Frankenford yeah. from Transvestite Transylvania. Yeah. yeah. For, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> a, it's hard to remember. For the um, I think TV. Yeah, I think it's a TV, TV live. Show, yeah, it's, it's like on Fox, I think. Is yeah. Doing, yeah. Um, Wait, gonna is it going to be a TV show or is it going to be? I think a, it's a live. I think it's. Is it going like to be like NBC route? I oh, think that'd be so. fun. Yeah, yeah, it would be I fun. Would like I'm, that. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm totally down. So, She's in um, slut. Orange is the New Black, right? <laughs> yeah. So I don't watch that, but still, it's like that's exciting. That she was in Grandma it. too. Uh -huh. oh, oh yeah, yeah, so that's okay. Artists. That's where, yeah. yeah, right, right, right. Okay. But um, yeah, so that's my recommendation. Right. It's, I mean, this is like such a cult film. Um, I've I've seen it, but I haven't seen it like I haven't gone to a theater to like experience like the full mm. cultiness yeah, I mean, yeah. of it. I'm, that so, would be yeah. really exciting to do. Yeah, yeah. It would. I'm sure they're. You know, I bet there are probably. I bet the I bet the Redford Theater will do that. I bet there's one tonight. I, think, I bet no, there I, is one tonight. I think uh, I think Royal Oak does it like once a month or uh, something. I think once I might a month? be wrong. Yeah, I think they do it. I see it. I swear to God, I see it. Okay. Marquee, dude. People are crazy for that film. I know, like, I it's, know. it's insane. I mean, I, no, I know. You, you know, in LA, it's, it's like, like our everywhere room. All it's the like time. our the room. You know. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So what, uh, Mitch? What are you recommending on the uh, video on demand I, landscape? I already week? mentioned it. I am recommending Apocalypse Beast Now. Beast of No Nation. Oh. <laughs> yes. Beast of no Nation. I'm recommending Apocalypse Now. Is that on Netflix? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm almost positive. Cool. I, <laughs> I, I thought I, I remember seeing it. Well, no, whatever. No, I, I, even, even if it's not on Netflix, everyone should. It's yeah, a great of course. Movie. It, I think. I'm, I back you up on that. It is the. It is my favorite war movie. Uh, and it's a very unconventional war movie. If you know anything about how it was made, it's a very mysterious movie. Um, you know Francis Ford Coppola in the jungles of the Philippines, spending millions and millions and millions of dollars, and we get Apocalypse Now, which is widely considered one of the greatest films of all time. You know, you know lines from it, you know scenes from it, you know, you know, imagery. Oh my God, great film, uh, great. very effective as well, and still influential. I mean, if you're liking Ex Sicario, if you're liking this movie, yeah. Beast of No Nation, I mean. They, it seems like every war movie somehow pulls from Apocalypse yeah. Now these days. And, yep. and, you know, war. Yeah. And a lot of tropes come from, like, in current movies come oh, yeah. from yeah. Apocalypse Now. Like, you know, narrating on a on a PT boat. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's done a lot. Have you ever seen, sorry, have you seen Hot Shots 2? Okay. I was just <laughs> We'll but, watch that later. Yeah, oh, my it. God. That is one of my favorite scenes. Oh, the entire scene, the, That entire that's franchise. Great. But Apocalypse Now, great film. Great film. Violent. Um, you will also probably be very disturbed uh, disturbed and affected by it toward the end, but great. Great. Um, 
So this is, I think this has been on Netflix forever, but I, I love this movie. Um, have you guys, have you guys seen City of God? Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I thought about that movie too. Yeah, while, while yeah. This. It's a great movie, and I think oh, it's, so um, I don't know, it's very special. Uh, one of those that was one of the movies too, or like back in the day, it was like one of the first movies. And when I was watching in high school, or like, I don't know. I got that artsy feel to it, and yeah. I like I recognized, Indeed. you know, it's one of those. It's 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 film school. I'm not using that word, but it's uh, you just eat that shit Artur. up, tour, kind of, yeah, or tour thing. Yeah. So, um, City of Gods on Netflix. I think it's been mm. on for a long time, and I yeah. that's one um, of my favorite. That movie seems yeah. to be always available, yeah. somewhere right. for free, which is great. And yeah. I I'm always surprised about honestly how many people haven't seen it. So mm. go out there and watch it, guys. Yeah. It's great. That's another dark one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> of course. I mean, it's about slums and Brazil. Rio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, that does it for us um, here to, for this episode. Um, you can let us know what you thought about these movies. Uh, at, you can email us at woodwardsfilmcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up, up on Twitter at woodwardsdet. Um, we're also doing Crimson Peak this week, so check out that episode. And um, we'll uh, see you guys next week. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. This has been a WoodwardsDetroit.com production, your Detroit avenue to alternative pop culture talk.